Hi, I'm James Schillinglaw. I'm here at the Abercrombie & Kent Club 100 event. It's, it's all the top tra selling travel advisors, travel agencies uh, for Abercrombie & Kent. And we're here at the Peninsula Hotel in Chicago. I'm here with a familiar face if you've been watching us, but live, which is really weird for us because usually we do this by Zoom. But here's Bob Simpson, who is the Vice President, Luxury Expedition Cruising for Abercrombie & Kent. And Luxury Expedition Cruising has been a major category for uh, Abercrombie and Kent for a long time and we're going to talk to Bob about what the future holds, new new uh, trips, uh, new expeditions all over the world, not just Antarctica and Arctic and you'll find out about that and more on Insider Travel Report. First of all, Bob, it's great to see you live. It's amazing. I, I had to pinch you and said we're actually we're here actually live. Real people, we're not holograms, people, yeah. not not zoomers. Um, so so it's great to see you here. It's a wonderful event, and we're just coming to the close of this. But we wanted to spend some time with you to talk about expedition cruising, and and let's start off by talking about this, you know, sort of looking back a little bit because you did just have an expedition cruise season in Antarctica. How, how did that go for you? You know, it uh, it went off, I would say, relatively without a hitch. Right. And I, I, I put little uh, brackets in that. Um, yeah, we started back up actually in September. Uh, we had the opportunity to kind of get back in operation. Like like everyone, we had a, quite a bit of layup um, that we had to kind of endure. Uh, we were able to get going in September with uh, some programs in Greece and in, in, in Iceland. And yeah, then people forget you do expedition cruising beyond uh, the, the polar regions, right? That's right. And we'll talk a bit about that. Yeah. But but uh, we were able to get in our full Antarctic season. Uh, we started at the end of November. Uh, we had a great eclipse cruise uh, program that we had obviously had scheduled because of that great event. Um, and then we kind of progressed through all the way through the beginning of February. It was a bit of an interesting season um, in many regards uh, due to sort of the onset of Omicron, as uh, we all are very familiar with uh, that now. Just as the beginning of the Antarctic season, right? It kind of was right in the middle, actually. Yeah. And, and um, you know, for all of us, we kind of had a lot of optimism and, and things started off with, a, you know, uh, with, with kind of no ripples. And then all of a sudden things started uh, to kind of unravel a bit because of the Omicron. And, and so um, just it, it really kind of reinforced the, the needs that we had in terms of the protocols that we were following. And the one thing I, I quite often say, too, is that, you know, a lot of the key to our success with how we were able to manage had to do with sort of the connection of our team on the ground in Buenos Aires, which I know you've talked a lot about um, the value of our A&K DMCs you know, on site, managing all of the protocols and the processes that we had, our our great sort of collaboration with Panant uh, that we'll talk about. Yeah, no, and yeah, Panant is, is who you charter from and you've had a long relationship, I know, 16 years, something like that? Uh, 15 years since we started our relationship, yeah, but uh, 13 years of operation uh, with Panant. Um, but then, of course, also um, sort of the professionalism and sort of uh, handling of, our, uh, of, of everything with our expedition team. So everything ended up uh, uh, going off. Uh, without disruption. That's great. So yeah, we were and very. And it's wonderful that. having done. Unfortunately, I didn't do it with you, but I did it the, my first two Antarctica cruises, and I did see some of your ships, uh, the charter Ponant ships, yep. and and uh, uh, Naveen Sani is a great friend of mine. Who's the man? Who's the group uh, uh, CEO, I guess, of Ponant here in the states, and they do a wonderful job, and they really have beautiful ships. So you, you really have a strong relationship with them. Let's talk. Let's talk a little bit about what's to come now, because now that's over with, and hopefully uh, and then so what do you have coming in 2022 
uh, even this summer with Arctic, right? Yeah, and uh, even before that, I'll, uh, you know, what I think is great is is that the world is starting to gain confidence in, in, in terms of opening doors and, and opening up. And it starts for us actually a month from now, month from today, literally, uh, in Australia. And you know, oh, you're Australia, and you're back to Australia. Australia's open, right? Australia's open, and 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 more importantly, we just found out. Uh, uh, just last week that Western Australia is open for us that's as well. Where do the Kimberleys, that's right? where we do the Kimberley. So we are operating our Kimberley cruise in May. Uh, that's a go. Uh, we're really excited about that. We've had a couple of years off, you know, like we have with a lot of other uh, destinations. Uh, and then the month after in June, um, you know, uh, you know, if it's not one thing, it's another. Uh, it, we had our Baltic cruise scheduled, and, yeah, and, and of course, right. with the unfortunate uh, uh, conflicts that's going on in Ukraine, that had a significant impact for all, all of us that operate in the Baltic. But we were able to pivot a little bit and, and adjust our itinerary to still be able to operate. So we will be operating that program but from minus minus Saint Petersburg. Minus, minus Saint Petersburg, but yeah. uh, that'll be in June, and that transitions to the Arctic that will be in July for us. And here, here again, I think it's exciting because, you know, uh, Svalbard, where we begin our program there um, uh, uh, in the Arctic, has been closed, you know, for, sh from, for ships over the last two years. So that's opening up. That's going to be followed by the Northwest Passage in, in August. Likewise, the Canadian Arctic has been closed. That's opening up. So we're seeing all these destinations emerge um, from COVID and, uh, and opening and welcoming uh, not just our guests, but more importantly for me, our ships. Absolutely, and you need that. You got to get them to get the ships. And I know that one time you were going to do a northeast passage, but that's probably closed off now again due to the war, right? Yeah, we're uh, we, that was planned originally for next year. Um, here again, you know, you, you, you pivot, and we're going to repeat our Northwest Passage again in 2023. Which is not too bad. I mean, that's a good good itinerary. Now, uh, what do you have planned for uh, the 22-23 season for Antarctica? So we we have our, our full season scheduled. You know, one thing that you know, I always, you know, kind of remind advisors is that, that our itineraries are um, very specific in terms of how we design them. So we have very unique enrichment focus on every program that we operate. Um, each year, if you remember, we've talked about this, I think, we, we have one of our programs that really focuses on sort of the important elements of climate change in the polar regions. Uh, so we'll be repeating that program in December. Uh, we have on board uh, Dr. James McClintock, who's the endowed professor from University of Alabama, Birmingham, and probably one of the world's foremost experts on polar climate change uh, and, and the changes that are, that are impacting sort of the global environment. Uh, so we, we have that program in December. We have our family departure uh, that features our Young Explorers program over the holidays. We have our photography uh, program uh, that, that focuses on the enhancement of photography, especially in South Georgia that we do on that itinerary and then at the end of January we're going to be operating a program uh, that's going to focus a little bit more on the historical context of the discovery of Antarctica where we're going to go beyond the Antarctic Circle it's a little bit longer of a program and we're going to go beyond the Antarctic Circle down into Marguerite Bay in the area that was explored by Palmer and Bellinghouse and then some of the early explorers of, uh, of Shackleton and all those. All of them, yeah. Here because it was just an anniversary for Shackleton yeah. and got a lot of play in the press of Shackleton who actually unfortunately didn't make it but that's another story. He got out but then yeah, he went no, back. Right. Uh, he did get out the first time. Now let's talk a little bit about, you know, obviously everyone knows you for Antarctica, for the Arctic, but you mentioned earlier you actually do expedition cruises in other parts of the world and in fact you started, restarted expedition cruising I think in Greece 
Greece last year or two years ago. Uh, talk a little bit about the destinations you're going to offer uh, in 23 for the expedition cruising beyond the polar regions. So, you know, we, we have a very similar um, sort of design philosophy when it comes to our, our programs. And, and uh, while the polar programs are sort of all expedition, where sort of the experience is all based on the use of the zodiacs and getting out and exploring in the field, um, our cultural expeditions, if you, if I uh, can refer to, um, it, it's the same philosophy in terms of the experience for the guests on shore, but we choreograph things very, very carefully in each port. So um, we advance scout and do the, all the design ourselves, which is very important. And then we have a variety of excursions every day, no matter where we are, that offer a different variety of interest for the sure. guests. So every day they can kind of select a different element of the experience um, when, the, when they're on shore. So that's where we really have the breadth of our expansion. We talked about our relationship with Penant a little bit earlier. Um, it started in Antarctica, you know, 12 years ago on the Boreal when they first delivered the ship in 2010. And as they've grown their fleet and their capacity, it's given us the opportunity to continue to grow what we do I I as well. And what's really- And not all their ships are polar. They're, they have some of their expedition ships that are not polar. That's exactly right. But the important thing is that it's a very common platform in terms of the, 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 the style, the luxury, and, and the elements of what the ship can deliver. Um, but it's a consistent operation for us. So when we, when we charter the ship, we put all of our product on board. So that's our expedition team, all of our guides, our lecture team, our staff. Um, all the choreography of the choreography of the of the itinerary planning that we do using the ship as the platform to deliver, but because we have this this close symbiotic relationship with Penant, it's a very easy transition for us to come on and 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 really literally in an eight-hour period turn the ship into an A and K product, and it would be a little bit difficult difficult to do if we were working with different ships and different yeah. operators because of that so level you're, of... You're familiar with the ship, they're familiar with you. Right. Exactly. Well, and, one ship I do hope you get, because I don't think it's part of your itinerary, is the Commandant Charcot, which I was lucky enough to be on. It's an amazing vessel. I know you're talking about uh, bringing that on board because it is really the a Polar Class 2 ship, which is really special. It, it is, and, and yes, we have very specific plans. That's coming uh, very, very soon. But before I get to that, okay. I want to talk a little bit about what we do have planned specifically for 23 okay. already and some of the new programs that, that, um, that we've got um, kind of re re ready to go. Um, the first thing, and you, know, you, you and I know each other well, you know I've been doing this for ANK for almost 25 oh, years. Yeah. This is the first time since I've been with ANK and we've been doing expedition cruising that we will be operating our programs on all seven continents. That's a, a great achievement. Uh, yeah, you would have thought you would have, you know, because usually the last one is Antarctica, but right. for you, it might have been one of the first, the first ones. Right? Exactly. Um, and it starts with uh, the new, one of the new programs that we have, that, which is our coastal uh, Tanzania and Seychelles program. Okay. So that's going to be in uh, March of 2023. Um, it's going to be on the Cartier, which is one of the new explorer vessels from Penant, and it's going to begin in Zanzibar and then end in Mahi and in, in uh, Victoria in Mahi in, in the inner Seychelles Islands. Um, but it's going to have a combination of some experiences in Tanzania. It'll start for our guests 
uh, we'll have a group extension that they can do a Serengeti uh, extension before they join the program in Zanzibar. And then we'll have three days of sort of coastal experience uh, in, in Tanzania. Uh, we'll visit Pemba Island, um, which is sort of connected to the sort of the history of the whole spice trading uh, era. And so, so we get a chance to go to some spice markets. Like that. We're also going to have an AKP, your uh, Abercrombie Kent Philanthropy supported project at a, at a local school that we're going to be delivering a life straw clean water system there. Um, we're going to visit a, an area that I'm very excited about. It's called Kiowa Kisawani, which is a little bit further southeast on the coast. Uh, and it's the old Swahili uh, archaeological uh, ruin site, and it's only accessible by a small ship like this. Wow. And then from there, we head off and do a, an experience through the Seychelles, both the outer as well as the inner Seychelles. Probably the key highlight for me is uh, we're going to spend two days at uh, Aldabra Atoll, which is the, the largest raised coral reef system in the world, and it's got an amazing array of, of, of endemic different species of particularly birds, the giant tortoises there, but great snorkeling opportunities and, and, and just a wildlife experience that goes throughout the, the, the Seychelles. So that'll be in March of 23. Okay. And then uh, shifting a little bit to a cultural experience in April, we're going to be doing a program that's going to be begin in, in Lisbon and then finish in London, but it's going to be kind of focusing on sort of a c combination of culinary wine with Porto and Bordeaux in you know when we get to France we're gonna you could call me that's my kind of expedition that's right that's right um, I mean everything expedition can be other things right we're gonna bridge a little bit of history uh, uh, with an overland experience to um, um, to uh, uh, Santiago de Compostela and the, the cathedral there and our guests will have a chance to sort of retrace a, an end point of the the way of, uh, of, of St. John and or St. James uh, trail there um, uh, the the, the uh, Brittany coast and and, and the, the Normandy beaches finishing in London we'll go under the Thames or under the London Bridge at the Thames River oh, it's always spectacular to go that That's way right yeah so that'll be in April um, and then I'm going to skip a little bit ahead before I get to uh, to our program in September but in in late October and this is a program I'm probably the most excited about is um, it's an expedition that's going to be from French Polynesia from Tahiti to East great place to start. That's a great place to start. Finishing in Easter Island, which is a great place to end. But in between, it's going to be sort of this trace of the sort of history of the Polynesian culture with the history of the exploration of the bounty. If you remember the mutiny of on the course, bounty, yeah, no. the story, and we, we will be visiting our plan. We've been in communication with the community there at Pitcairn Island, which is what is the most remote populated area in the world. And it was and the original where the bounty crew ended up, right? Fletcher Christian uh, burnt the ship in the harbor and, and, and doomed his mutineers and their, their Tahitian uh, brides to live their, their days on uh, Pitcairn. The, the residents there, there's 48, all are direct descendants of, of families that came from the mutineers. So it's going to be an amazing experience. On that program also, this is interesting, I, I feel, um, we're going to have uh, uh, Commander Susan Kilrain. This may not sound like a connection, but it is. Uh, commander Kilrain is a former uh, Navy test pilot and, and space shuttle commander with NASA. Not too bad. No, she uh, a lot smarter than me. I'll tell you that. Number one, and the, the, she also traveled with us on our eclipse program in Antarctica this past season, and she's going to be on to sort of tell this story of the 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 the, the comparisons of exploration on Earth versus sp space. 
There's a, another element to this where the, the skies in this area, actually the Pitcairn Group is part of the, uh, the, the, the clearest skies in the world. So the stargazing would be amazing. And then finally at Easter Island, there is a connection there as well. Easter Island, number one, has the, the runway, if, you, if you're aware, was built actually, to con it was constructed as an emergency landing site for the space shuttle. Oh, so there is the connection with There's this lady. There. But she also, her first mission in space on the space shuttle, she was assigned a geographical reconnaissance. The, the subject point on Earth was Easter Island. That so it's, it's going to be a really a coincidence. Go. My only question with you there is, uh, now, is it you or me who's playing Captain Bly and Mr. Christian. I, I couldn't remember. I think I would prefer to be uh, Fletcher Christian because I think I, he survived a little bit longer. <laughs> we'll see. So we, we can recreate the whole thing, you and, know, like this. And, and then I'll finish. The last thing is um, we're going to be doing a new program in the MED. Um, it's going to be the Adriatic, uh, uh, an Adriatic Coast program that's going to begin in Venice and it will end in Athens. And along the way, we'll be doing Croatia with Dubrovnik split, uh, Kotor in Montenegro, uh, Corfu in, in, in Greece, and then we just actually found out and got confirmation that we will be able to do the Corinth Canal, which has been closed, and it will be open in order I've for us. I've done that. It is an amazing thing, especially in a smaller vessel. Yeah. It, it is. So You have to do a smaller vessel, actually. You can't get through. Yeah. So that program, actually, is going to be connected by our Italy cruise that we've been operating for a number of years prior to that, and then our, our Greek Isles cruise. So our guests will have the opportunity, our advisors will have an opportunity for their guests to, to um, do a grand Mediterranean experience, beginning in Livorno that we do on our Italy cruise. Starts with two nights in Florence in the Tuscany, um, and then at the Four Seasons in, in, in Florence. We do a nine-night uh, uh, cruise along the navigable coast of Italy with some great experiences, finish that program in Venice, and then the Adriatic cruise beginning, finishing in Athens, and then a seven-night Greek Isles cruise with two nights at the Grand Batain at the end, and I know you've been there uh, to finish that program. So 28 days from your little version of a world cruise. Right? It is, and, and it's the Mediterranean total, you know, immersion in, in the Med, right? A full immersion in the Med, and so it can be booked in one, two, or three segments um, uh, t uh, consecutive. That's amazing. Now, uh, we've talked about this before, but why do you think expedition cruising is, it seems suddenly, if not for you, you've been doing it for 25 years, but in my mind, all of a sudden, it's the, the product sort of exploded in the market. You are really ref refocused heavily on expedition cruising. It's become a major part of your product offerings. Why is this happening right, right, right now? You know, there's a couple of things. One is, you know, the, sort of the obvious that, that, that um, the, the, the travelers are looking for these um, unique experiences and bucket list types of experiences as well. And you know, I think we all kind of re reference this is that um, they've been they've been shut out for the last two years as well. So there's a huge amount of pent up demand, and they're looking for trading those you know sort of items for experiences. The other thing is, and this is just sort of you know organic in terms of the way that we operate our programs as well. They're looking still to do it in a very what they feel is a comfortable and safe way. Right. And so when we charter the Penant ships, one of the elements that's important about that is that by chartering, we have full operational control as well as the capacity. So we always limit our capacity on board. There's a number of reasons why and how we do that, but we're never more than about 80% of what the ship's designed to carry, usually about 75%. And so that gives a lot 
more comfort and space on board uh, in terms of the environment. Um, and it enables us to also operate our programs in a very manageable and safe way as well. And I think that that's appealing uh, for you know, the advisors uh, uh, in the programs that they're looking well, for. Well, that leads me to my question, and that is one of the A&K differences. I mean, what are the other, why do expedition cruising with A&K? You know, and you've heard me say this before too, it, it really starts with our team. Um, uh, my team in, in Downers Grove for A&K, um, in terms of the, the background and experience in sort of pulling things together, but the biggest difference is the team that we have on board. And so we have a very specific and, and, and you know, hand-picked team of experts in different capacities in terms of roles on board. And so on any given program, we'll have anywhere between 18, upwards to 22 A&K staff choreographing and running the program. That's our expedition leaders, our cruise directing staff, our, um, our field naturalists, our own Zodiac drivers, which is important because we have our Zodiac drivers that, that we know have a background of experience. When you, you've been to Antarctica, you know how much time you actually will spend out at times in the Zodiacs. You want to have somebody that actually can bring and deliver a little bit of the experience well, they're, while you're they're there. Act, most of the time they are guides as well. They just happen to be driving the boat right uh, then. That's exactly right. And so you know, that, that's a component. And then a hand-picked number of experts that align specifically every program, and I've mentioned this before, that we custom design in terms of a focus or an enrichment. So we never have somebody who's actually doubling up on two different topics, right? Marine mammals and birds. We have a specific expert for each discipline of the enrichment program that we put on. So for me, uh, and I'm a little bit biased, but uh, you know, and most of these uh, these staff members only travel with A&K, and a, a lot of them have been here doing this as long as I have. So it's a consistent team. Our guests. One of the reasons we hear this time and time again that our guests actually come back on our, our new programs that we launch is they want to travel with those guys in the, in the next great place. And it is true when you get a good great guide, great expedition leader, great expedition team, you want to go back because that's a knowledgeable person. You form relationships, they're great, they're kind of, kind of your, in a way, camp counselors but also historians, uh, scientists, anything you want and they're going to show you these destinations like you've never seen before, right? That's exactly right, absolutely. Now, anything else you want to say to our 100,000 travel advisors out there about A&K Expeditions? Well, uh, A&K Expeditions, the, the, the one thing that I would say again is, is give us a shot. If you have guests that are looking, um, the, I say this quite often, we, we are not a cruise line. We're, we're a, an experiential tour operator that we use the ship as the platform for us to deliver our brand of, of choreographed experience. The second thing, I want to just thank all of the travel advisors. I know how difficult it's been for us, and I know that it's even been more difficult for all of you. And so spending time with our, our, our close advisors this, this week has been tremendous, and, and we've all not been together for, for actually, in some, some of us, for going on four years now that um, it's been eye-opening in terms of the level of, of enthusiasm, but also the support. So we really do appreciate it. We wouldn't be anywhere without our, our advisors, and um, we thank you very much.
Well, Bob, thank you for your time. It's been great to see you live in person. We should do this more often in live. You know, uh, we will do we do Zoom too. But uh, it's great to be here with Bob live to hear all. He's got such tremendous knowledge about expectation cruising, and it's been fabulous to get together with with all the A and K team here and learn all about the wonderful products. And we have talked to Bob in the past about expedition cruising, and boy, you you, you couldn't find a better person to talk to. He's one of the deans of expedition cruising, and really pretty well recognized recognized around the whole uh, expedition cruising world. So again, thank you so much. You bet. Thanks, James. I'm James Schillinglaw, and this is Insider Travel Report. <laughs>